Thank you for joining me on Tox News, your only source inside the crumbling castle. I want to thank you for joining me. Uh, I am starting the live stream as of now, because even though Crumbling Castle by the King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard off of their album Polygonawana Land is free of use, anybody can use it. Uh, you know, you can use it for whatever you like. You can sample it in your hip-hop songs and not face any suing, any of that. Um, they will immediately mute my Twitch stream. Immediately. So rather than dealing with that headache, I, uh, I start the podcast, uh, adjusting my voice levels. I start the podcast with a beautiful humming tune of said crumbling castles. And then um, I uh, start the stream shortly after because I don't want my video muted. I don't want to be muted just because I'm playing a song that they can find. Oh, pardon me. Just because they can find this song in streaming services like that, um, like Shazam is built into uh, YouTube and Twitch. Um, and I'm sure it's going to demonetize my video on, on YouTube, so that's great. But, uh, you know, as far as podcasts go, I don't really care. Uh, I, don't, I don't get paid for any of this. I'm just here, existing. Um, so I'm letting the live stream just kind of kick on, get started. Uh, I want to thank you for joining me, and I'm sure this will not be the first or last time I have thank you for joining me. Thank you for joining me. Um, I'm opening up now to just a little bit of Twitter scrolling. So if you're listening to the podcast, this is probably going to be the least interesting part for you. Um, so be sure to get on Twitch and follow Tox News. I, actually, I think I'm Tox Streaming on there. T-O-X Streaming. That's I think that is my channel on there. And then you can also find on YouTube, Poor Dumb Rebel is where I upload a Tox News video. Um, so if you ever want to watch it, see what I look like, or actually get the sources of the shit that you're listening to, it's all available on Twitch and YouTube. Uh, different names, uh, so maybe I should edit my little copy-paste here that I do. Uh, Twitter at as a wave, I got that. YouTube, uh, the channel is Poor Dumb Rebel. And I love how I didn't want that capitalized, and it still did it for me. Uh, God bless. Um, and then, what else am I missing here? Twitch. Twitch is Tox, T-O-X, streaming, I believe. Uh, wow, I should really double check that, huh? Uh, no caps. No caps on that. All right. Do-do-do-do-do. Do, do, do. Yep. All right. So follow me on Twitter at as a wave, A Z A W A V. You can find my YouTube channel, Poor Dumb Rebel, and you can find the Twitch streaming, Talks Streaming. Uh, I know this consistency probably makes it really easy for me to gain uh, a wider audience, I'm sure. Um, but it's, you know, I'm just working with what I got, baby. I'm just doing what I do, you know? And, uh, you can also find some of my writings when I have more time to do writings. Uh, you can find those at poordumbrebellion.net. So, uh, that's me plugging hella plugs. Um, you know, just, uh, you know, give me a follow over on Twitter. I will update when I'm live on Twitch so that you don't have to find the channel and you can follow from there. 
Ooh, shit. Uh, we have breaking news here from uh, the U.S. It says, audio from Brianna Taylor's grand jury proceedings released to the public. Audio recordings for more than 20 hours of grand jury proceedings of the Brianna Taylor case were released to the public on Friday. The tapes reveal conflicting accounts of the raid that led to Taylor's fatal shooting. So I'm probably going to go over this in a later recording. Um, this just broke as I was uh, just kind of setting up. Uh, other breaking news, if you haven't heard, uh, which by the time this comes out, you will have heard, uh, Trump and his wife, the first lady, have tested positive for coronavirus, including a number of White House aides. And so we're not really uh, sure of the extent of everybody that Trump has infected because he has come into contact with a wide variety of people. Um, the other breaking news is President Trump did not call COVID-19 a hoax, according to AP and other fact checkers. I think that has been kind of mixed up a bit. I think what Trump, he didn't call the virus itself a, uh, uh, a hoax. I think what he was trying to call a hoax was the Democrats' response, like Trump's response to it, and then the, rep the, the Democrats' response to Trump's response. Very ridiculous, very stupid, but I think that's what Trump was actually trying to call a hoax. But what, I don't know, hoax probably wasn't the right word. I guess controversy would have been, but again, um, you know, Trump's very loose with his language and doesn't necessarily want to be not broad. He wants to be very broad and vague in his language, and so then it's more applicable in various situations, or at least that's how... All right, so I guess I'm back after some technical difficulties. I bet that's going to sound really lame uh, on the podcast. I'm not sure how I'm going to upload this visually now. Oh, God. Um, I really, like, I love doing this because I'm obsessed with politics and a bit of philosophy. And uh, it just bums me out when, like, I finally get some time after work and I can sit down and do some shit. It just busts out on me. So that's great just uh, love it i just love that so this is probably going to sound jarring on however i upload this on no matter what but as i was saying um i want to get to the brianna taylor uh audio tapes here soon um today might be a little bit shorter of a usual episode because i'm only going to be going over one specific video and the reason that that is is because my next episode or i guess episodes because there's probably going to be several parts to it, I'm going to go over the entire Trump-Biden first debate. Um, and I think it might be... I don't know. I don't know if it's going to be really worthwhile, but I think it might be important to look at it um, now that the dust is kind of settling and we have people's opinions out there on how they feel on how the debate went and everything such as that. So I'm just, I think what I'm going to do is actually go through the entire debate. And since it's up on YouTube in its entirety, it allows me to do the pausing without, you know, actually missing moments. Because there was a lot going on there that I think is actually important and kind of speaks from the soul of American politics and where that's at right now. So 
again, I'm right now. I'm just kind of stalling, allowing uh, Twitch to kind of catch up and everything like that because this has been a shit show so far. Um, shouts out to October second. Um, I'm knocking something off of my bucket list, which apparently, um, you know, is kind of abnormal. But I'm doing a 48 hour fast. I just kind of want to, I guess, challenge myself and. That may affect my mood a bit. Then <laughs> um, I think tomorrow is when I actually want to do the uh, the whole debate. I want to go over the whole thing. So what I'm anticipating that being at least uh, probably in four or five parts because of the way I have to upload everything. It's an hour and a half long debate. I may skip over sections. I may not. The, the thing that is I'm trying to really capture here is because I did want to stream it when it, when it when it was happening, but work did not allow me to do that at the proper time. So what I just mainly want to get to is at certain points that I feel like are kind of being missed now. And it's just, I like I had said earlier, it, certain parts of it kind of spoke to me as if the soul of American politics was coming through and... It was, I think, shown for the entire world to see. So uh, that's why I'm going to try and go over the whole thing, I think, tomorrow, and then try to upload it by uh, Sunday or Monday. Um, so if you don't want to hear any of that, this is the episode warning you that those next episodes are going to be audio versions of the debate. And I'm pretty sure that the debate itself had turned off a lot of people because of um, Trump interrupting. It, honestly, I feel like that's it because what was it? Trump uh, interrupted Biden a record 128 times. I think in his first debate with Hillary Clinton, he interrupted her 51 times. So let that sink in and understand that's where I'm going to go in these next episodes so it's completely entirely up to you of whether or not you want to listen and get uh whatever kind of perspective i can churn out of it but i think that there is important perspectives to pull out of it regardless of how terrible it was because it was very terrible it was the worst debate i have ever seen in my life and so far older people are saying that it's the worst debate in their lives so just breaking it down here essentially if my equipment continues to work well right now, which it seems to be, is that right now I'm going to cover a very short segment. It still may come out to an hour because I talk a lot. Um, and then I want to go over the Breonna Taylor stuff. Hopefully I do that tonight. And then I want to go over the entire debate. So I might be pushing out a ton of content. And if you guys enjoy it or not, please hit me up. Um, at my Twitter DMs, if you got Twitter, at as a wave, A-Z-A-W-A-V. Um, if you can't do that, um, I, I got to find a way to better communicate with the people that listen to this podcast because a lot of you are listening it on platforms. I have no idea what they are, so I don't know how this podcast is being received. I just know that I do have a small audience. So um, thank you for joining me. I love my small audience. Um, I don't know how they feel about me, but... Uh, um, just know that I love you guys for showing up for these episodes, um, and expect some more coming out after this weekend. There's a lot that I want to get into. Um, 
hopefully that all made sense. Holy shit. I like that. The software error that I just had kind of threw me off really hard. Um, so the breaking news is uh, Brianna Taylor's grand jury proceedings tapes had come out. And I want to go over that. But unfortunately, I have to talk about this right here. Um, ben Shapiro's video before I really get into um, the debates. So uh, the way that I upload the next episodes may be weird, maybe not. Who knows? We're just kind of floating in the abyss, uh, kind of improvising, really. Um, and if you're not, I want to ask you, how do you do it? <laughs> how do you not just aimlessly float into the abyss? Anyways, existential dread aside, we have Ben Shapiro here speaking about the media's pushing uh, the media pushing a narrative that Trump is soft on white supremacy. Um, I've seen Ben Shapiro um, defend President Trump's. Uh, Let's see, not, they're not verbal, verbal slip-ups, but I've seen Ben Shapiro defend Trump, um, not necessarily condemning white supremacy. I don't think Trump's really ever condemned white supremacy. He just, he um, kind of sidesteps the issue enough to where, like, he doesn't really want to talk about the fact that white supremacists, hate groups, and right-wing militias really all have just completely gone under his banner um, as if he's the, the president to show up and kind of dismantle the American institutions that we're used to, while at the same time protecting the idea of America that we've all been taught in our schools, um, which is mostly American exceptionalism, which uh, feeds most of their patriotism. So many times before Ben Shapiro has come out, I think the first time was the Charlottesville rally where Trump said that there was very fine people on both sides. Um, that's the first time I heard Ben Shapiro come out and say, oh, Trump's not soft on, on, uh, white supremacy and everybody mistook what he said. Um, and then there was also this argument that he was too, Trump was too stupid to be racist. So, um, that argument that Ben Shapiro made one time kind of just fucking that really goaded me the, like really hard because how could you defend your president by saying he's too stupid? How could you support someone you feel is too stupid to know what they're doing? That was the, one of the worst arguments I've ever heard. Um, I would love to find that clip again. Let's see. Oops, I spelled racist wrong. Uh, racist. Um, it's too bad that like news media hasn't latched on this any better because like I feel like it would have been a pretty good story to write that Ben Shapiro said his president's too dumb. Yeah, I can't find it. He, I, he's like either said that Trump was too dumb or too uh, incompetent, which like I don't really know which one's better. 
Um, let's see. Uh, slavery reparations. I don't know. There's probably somewhere. Um, let's see. Ben Shapiro, Trump, Charlottesville, I think is where that originated from. I can't spell. Um, let's see. What the worst part is, is that it's not really effectively finding the video that I'm looking for. It's very, like, all over the place. Alright, so we have this. That's good. To, to talk about how black people are awful and they think this makes them cool. They did that on Friday night. And then, uh, in Charlottesville the next day, they were doing a march, and things take a turn. People definitely are Antifa. The violent people are Antifa. It. It's sort of like what happened at Berkeley when uh, Milo Yiannopoulos spoke there. Uh, you had the, some, some leftist protesters who showed in Seattle over the weekend. We'll show you some tape of that. Uh, they've been breaking out all over the country, and the police seem to either be overwhelmed or to have stand-down orders. I don't know where the governor of Virginia is knowing this is going on, but this is a situation where the National Guard should be there. Listen. The alt-right is disgusting, awful. Okay, I've been spending a year. I was the number one target of the alt-right last year in the journalistic community. I received over 8,000 pictures around to Utah, and it wasn't even, you but know, it wasn't even like a naked follow these anti-Semitic. Oh, I don't death know threats. about that. I, I don't know anything about but that. I know very nothing angry. About it. You'll have to talk to them. But about your it. message to these fans is, I don't have a message to the fans. A woman wrote a, a article that was inaccurate. Now, I'm used to it. I get such bad articles. I, mean, I get okay, such... Okay, so again, the there's another incident where Trump did this. And again, Steve Bannon at the same time talking about how his website is the meeting place for the alt-right. And so what happens that the alt-right believes that because Trump is anti-political correctness and because he's anti-SJW and because he keeps refusing to denounce the alt-right in any sort of vigorous terms and... This, this video is from 2017, so it's after Charlottesville. And what I find interesting is that Ben Shapiro labels Trump as anti-political correctness, which I just can't understand how that's not, like, racist, you know? Like, that's just um, a new speak for racist. Like, I'm anti-political correctness. I call him whatever I want. Trump never has a problem denouncing his enemies in vigorous terms. They begin to latch on to him. And that's not entirely Trump's fault, but it's at least partially Trump's fault. And so that's why in Charlottesville, you see David Duke marching around talking about how Charlottesville is really about Trump. What, is, what does today represent to you? The camera's right here. What does today represent to you? This represents a turning point for the people of this country. We are determined to take our country back. We're going to fulfill. I'm so bad. All right. Well, I'm so glad that I wasted your guys' time with that. Um, right here is uh, it wasn't Charlottesville. Um, it was the Ukraine phone call. He said Trump is too dumb to commit an impeachable offense. So, um, this is by, uh, New York Magazine. When it comes to scandals, when it comes to President Trump came up with a plan. The plan was 
deploy Rudy Giuliani to uncover the specific corruption of Joe Biden and then leverage the Ukrainian government to help Rudy Giuliani to go after the specific corruption of Joe Biden because the man, he has a gimlet-eyed, sharp-eyed, steely-missile-man-eyed steely plan. He, he is just going to carry that. Here's the best defense. No. Right? That's the best, the best defense is no. you got to be kidding. No, that's, this is not a dude with a plan. And the problem for Republicans is that you're not allowed to say that. That's the problem for Republicans, is that if you're a Republican senator and you say that, Trump might attack you. Trump might go after you. So instead, you have to somehow plan that you have to say this is all 40 chess. But the problem is, if you say it's 40 chess, then he's capable of seeing what he's doing. And if he's capable of seeing what he's doing, it makes him look more guilty, not less guilty. <laughs> so here's the thing. As every good defense lawyer knows, there are a few defenses that are available when it comes to crimes of intent. Okay, and, and when it comes to a bribery situation like this, like a bribery case that they're trying to make or a quid pro quo or a targeting case, which is what they're talking about, an abuse of power, you sort of require intent as an element of the crime. The quick answer for a defense lawyer is intent was not here. There was no intent. The intent was not present. And here's the beautiful thing about Trump as a client. The intent is almost never there because Trump doesn't have requisite intent for nearly anything. The man has the attention span of a gnat. That doesn't mean that he can't actually do wonderful things as president. He's done many wonderful things that I appreciate. It's why I'm more likely to vote for him now than I was in 2016. I get all that. I get that he's delegated a lot of stuff. That's great. He's done a lot of things I think no other Republican would do. Sometimes it's great that he's punching back at the media. All of that is granted, taken for granted. If you are his defense lawyer, his best defense too, he had a plan in Ukraine to go after Joe Biden is dude doesn't have plans. Here's the evidence. The he doesn't of the plan United things does not ever. When is the last time Trump had like a four-step plan? He, he just doesn't. Right, and he has great instincts, great political. No plan. Yeah. So basically, uh, just bragging that his uh, his president is incapable of making plans. Um, that's why he couldn't commit uh, an impeachable offense. So I just I feel like you know Ben Shapiro is really willing to take any route that he can uh, to defend the president. And ah, damn, I can't find the right tweet. All right, so let's just get in this segment. It seems like I've already wasted a chunk of fucking time. All right. Um, so before I do the entire debate, we have to discuss this specific event in the debate that has got most of the media talking about, and then we're gonna get into the real shit with the debate. Uh, not in this upload, but in uh, upcoming uploads. So I think what was best to do for all is to just begin now with uh, Ben Shapiro talking about how the media pushing a narrative that Trump is soft on white supremacy. So again, the narrative that is now coming out from the left, and it's gonna, they're going to try and run this all the way to the election, is that Trump is soft again on white supremacy. Now, do I think this is going to shift votes? No, I think we've done this routine several times before. It seems like it comes up every several months. So Joy Behar is uh, the, the most blunt instrument in the Democratic art. I think what's fascinating, too, is that he doesn't really see a problem that, like, his president keeps having to defend himself or, like, deny that he's a white supremacist or deny that he's a white supremacist apologist or any of that. Like, I think it's fascinating that he's like, oh, it comes out every couple of months. Ah, that, that this whole thing. Arsenal. So here she was yesterday on The View suggesting that Trump himself was a white supremacist. Yes, I, I'm sure that's right. I'm sure that Donald Trump the guy who signed into law criminal justice reform, who moved the embassy in Israel to Jerusalem, whose daughter is Jewish and whose grandchildren are Jewish. 
and who has evinced tremendous love for both Jews and black Americans. I mean, there's a guy going back decades who was hanging out with like Don King. All right. How close was Trump and Don King? Um, I don't really actually think Trump is like himself a white supremacist. He has said in interviews that he does believe that like genes, he, he might be like a eugenicist a, a bit. He definitely thinks that, um, you know, your DNA and your RNA and your genes have a lot to do with your success and everything like that. So, you know, I'm kind of vague on whether or not he's actually a white supremacist. I don't think he is. The thing I do believe, though, is that he's not really willing to do anything about white supremacy or these right wing militia groups because they support him so much. Um, and we're not going to get to the phrase until Ben Shapiro brings it up. But I don't think Trump does um, properly condemn um right-wing vigilantes or white right-wing white supremacists or hate groups um properly or even as much as he does like antifa or black lives matter um because if he were to actually separate himself from these groups and actively um i don't know i i guess dismantle them or actively persecute them prosecute them what have you if he was to actually take care of these groups in a way of like law and order the way he says with like antifa um then he would lose a very large chunk of his support base because the racists the white supremacists and the militia groups are kind of counting on him to kind of bring us back to an 1860 uh 1860s era of american politics and the republican party does that as well because we're reaching anti democrat rhetoric so it's not necessarily even racism that's driving this whole thing it's actually anti-ideology that's driving this whole bus but i do think that he placates to white supremacists hate groups and militias because he, one he's probably going to need them for the election this year when he uh, brought up that he needs his people at the polls to watch that no nefariousness is going on and also, too, is that he just needs them in general to be, um, uh, you know, uh, on the opposite side of the protesters to create more chaos. It's it's a very complex issue here in America. I, I don't think he's Woodrow Wilson, where, you know, he actually believes in lost cause myths, but he's not anti-white supremacy like he if you're i don't think he's pro where he's like actively making sure that the systemic racism goes down further where we're going to reach segregation again but i don't think that he's fighting too much like he is removing critical race theory training uh from from the government like he's he's removing the funds to have that kind of training in uh government positions so removing critical race theory and the understanding of racism in america that's probably the most pro-white supremacist uh, agenda that trump's had in recent memory but with his co condemnation of white supremacist groups and all of that it's been very half-hearted there was even one time um i think it was richard spencer uh he they asked him like well trump said that he denounces white supremacists and Richard Spencer said, well, he has to say that. He he has to because 
there's moderates. He didn't add the moderate part at there. All Richard Spencer said was that he has to, but it's assumed to me and inferred by me that it's because of the moderates, because moderate Republicans don't want to be racist. Um, I don't think Herman Cain would have appreciated uh, the Republican Party going full white supremacist. I don't think Ben Carson. I have no idea, honestly. I don't even know how. I feel like Jesse Lee Peterson would be like, yes, alpha, yes, if, you know, Trump went full white supremacist. Um, but it's Trump's job to actually placate these people in order to have this supportive base in these chaotic times because that's how he gets his rallies of proud boys like last weekend in portland um meeting the the left as well when they protest it, it creates antagonism and furthers the cultural war that further splits the working class or to be honest the the less powerful caste in america um, so I don't think he himself is a white supremacist like Woodrow Wilson would be. I think he's more just, um, kind of a, a tool for the white supremacist to, I mean, it's, it's, it's almost like a symbiotic relationship between them because like the more he makes them happy, the better numbers he, he can do and also have like militia groups uh waiting to cause acts of violence for him i i guess i'm kind of rambling here just to kind of get the point across that trump himself i don't believe is a white supremacist but i do think that he placates and apologizes for them so that they are able to continue their operations kind of more dark and sinister so i would agree that trump is soft on white supremacy while not being necessarily a white supremacist himself um, but he might be, I, I, I mean, his, uh, what was it? His, I think his father was, or was it his grandfather? Uh, one of the two, look it up, uh, was arrested at a KKK rally. Um, so it, you know, could be very likely that he's a white supremacist, but I just, I wouldn't really focus in that whether or not Trump is himself a white supremacist so much as, uh, whether or not he does anything to um, alleviate racial tensions in America, which, you know, so far he doesn't. He doesn't do anything to alleviate racial tensions in America. He's made them far worse. Um, the number of hate crimes has shot the fuck up since uh, he became president. And I also want to point out here that Ben Shapiro is like, well, you know, he's got Jewish family members. You know, he's got Jewish extended family. And he did business with Israel. Um, I just want to point out that the first KKK was anti-Catholic and probably anti-Irish like and Italian and certain kinds of Europeans. But the second and current KKK, not so much. Um, they, they, they allow other forms of Christianity within them. Um, I think Proud Boys themselves have a bit more diversity than you would expect, um, especially since they allow Andy No to do most of the reporting for them. You know, Andy No being, I think, Asian American. So there's, you know, to focus in on just white supremacy, I think, does a massive disservice when we could just say hate groups, that he, he really uh, placates to them. He's soft on hate, really. So, um, 
saying he you know he has jewish members is it's like saying well you know the kkk also used to hate catholics now they don't so what you know what white supremacy could maybe one day include uh jewish people and i think ben shapiro is a great example of that because of how much he's like written and espoused um anti-islamic rhetoric and also like has um really defended the treatment of refugees and asylum seekers at the southern border so it seems like ben shapiro's allowed to be like anti-brown people you know he's he's been able to do that and uh some people have argued that he's a white supremacist himself or he's racist and so um you just gotta kind of look at the the evidence of each individual and go off of that um yeah so it's kind of ridiculous to be like he likes jews it's like Okay, but like, have you seen how he treats Muslims and Mexicans and people of South American uh, origins? Have you have you seen that stuff? Now, here, here's Joy Behar talking about how uh, how Donald Trump is not just soft on white supremacy. Again, he's made comments in the past where I think he was. Did he do that the other night? No, he did not. She doesn't just say he was soft on white supremacy. She goes ho hog because that's Joy Behar. She she's never met anything like a moderate statement. She says, instead, Donald yeah. Trump is himself a white supremacist. Can I just say one right. thing? So, of course, he doesn't denounce white supremacy, Sonny, because he is a white supremacist. Americans have to decide whether they want a white supremacist in the White House. We've never had it before. Maybe we didn't know we had it, but we certainly <laughs> know we have it now. <laughs> I can't. Okay. Um, what 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 history books has she read where we've never had a white supremacist president? Like every president before, um, I want to say probably like Lyndon B. Johnson was definitely a white supremacist. <laughs> and I'm just going to bring it up because Woodrow Wilson got into office and actually segregated federal working positions and encouraged local governments to do the same for theirs. And I think that was in like the 1920s, about 100 years ago. And Woodrow Wilson was also a law's cause uh, historian where he tried to rewrite the history of the uh, uprising of the South against slavery. Oh, it wasn't about slavery. It was about states' rights and the tyranny of the North. Um, so... <laughs> Um, we've definitely had white supremacists in office before. I just don't think that since we've reached softer language, like uh, post-Nixon era, where they couldn't say the N-word um, when they were campaigning, I think after that we've just had uh, subtle white supremacists in office. I don't think George Bush was a white supremacist. He was definitely an American supremacist because he was willing to do whatever he can to invade Iraq and Afghanistan and probably bomb some other countries, but like overall our white supremacy has definitely reached a very subtle dog whistle until trump where eventually he pulls out the bullhorn sometimes he does and that's kind of what has awoken a lot of um moderates to the idea that systemic racism still exists um and i can i appreciate trump bringing that to the moderates attention because without him if we continued on with the idea that since obama was president that we don't have systemic racism i think that i think finally that that veil has been destroyed burned and that we are awakened to the idea that a, 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 a systemic racism 
exists in America and is a problem. I am just glad that Trump was able to do that for moderates because now that moderates are saying that I, I, you know, like I have said that I believe Trump is actually just soft on white supremacy and not white supremacist himself. Maybe a eugenicist. Maybe he is a white supremacist. I don't know. He's not very clear when he talks. He is a pathological liar. So I am just really glad that at least he is stirring up the moderates into being like, these are serious issues. Um, I, I, but I think it's hilarious that she doesn't know of any past presidents that were white supremacists. She could have said we haven't had a white supremacist in office since the 1950s. Like that would have been more accurate than saying never. <laughs> and we just never knew it. <laughs> what? Okay, no, 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 no. Okay, so here's here's the white supremacist yesterday. So the white supremacist in chief yesterday, here he was. He was asked specifically about denouncing white supremacy. Here was his answer. They should stop defunding the police like they've done in New York, like they've done in New York. I just told you. I've always denounced any form, any form, any form of any of that. You have to denounce. But I also... Any form of any of that. See, that's what I'm saying is that's that vague language where he can it's just applicable in any statement that he needs to make at any time. And the fascinating thing about like uh, politicians and then also when they're fascists is that they need the fluidity so that they can move around and not upset certain sexed uh, sections of the of, of the populace. So if he if that's what I'm worried about is that if he is reelected or if he um, does a coup and uh, stays in power, that the the fascism is going to get worse. And in that, the right wing militias and the hate groups and all of them are going to thrive in the aftermath of that because they have their president in office. Um, but he, if you, if you are listening to his statements, he's not condemning anybody. He's not putting the department of justice in focus on arresting any of these people. His FBI director, his FBI came out and said that, uh, white supremacists and right-wing militias are the greatest threat to this country. And he doesn't acknowledge it. He doesn't actually say, well, I don't support Proud Boys, and if they support me, then they're supporting the wrong president. But he doesn't, he doesn't make it that specific. He never does. Joe Biden has to say something about Antifa. It's not a philosophy. These are people that hit people over the head with baseball bats. He's got to come out, and he's got to be strong, and he's got to condemn Antifa. And that's the thing, too, is that like Antifa, you can't pin uh, Antifa as an organization at all. And so that's why they haven't like done an actual crackdown and dismantling of these groups, because they could. And the thing also is that like Joe Biggs is the leader of Proud Boys. Boom. You got a You got the head and then you got the rest of the body. It all connects. You can't do that with Antifa because it is an idea. It's anti-fascism. And for the longest time, it was um, people using anti-fascism to organize. When they saw fascism, they opposed it, showed up in the streets and opposed those protests. Or I mean, opposed, opposed the, the fascist gatherings. 
it's always been an ideology and it's always been a form of protest or mobilization. Trump wants to say that everybody in the streets is this and so that he can put a name on them and attack them. And it does the same for the Proud Boys. It allows the Proud Boys to have an enemy. And it's very important that he does it. Okay, so first of all, he's right. He's absolutely right here that the media have completely ignored the fact that during that debate, Joe Biden refused to condemn an actual violent group Antifa who've been committing acts of heinous violence up to and including murder in America's major cities. And that's gone completely by the wayside. Like he openly did that. Okay, you didn't have to read into the comments to get there. Joe Biden literally refused to condemn Antifa from a presidential stage and no one gives a damn in the media. That's an actual violent group. The vast majority of the violence happening in our cities right now, the city's burning. That is not white supremacist. It is not white supremacist in Chicago and L.A. and New York and D.C. It's not white supremacist in Portland. It's not white supremacist in Seattle. This is a bunch of left wing groups. Joe Biden. Hmm. So I want to I just want to bring up the fact that conservatives uh, consider violence against property to be like actual violence. But if we were to like analyze the protests and the situations and who's actually committing the most acts of violence against people, right? Hold on. I gotta look up this article real quick. Rosie. Rosie. <laughs> Good girl. Um, let's see here. I spelled that wrong, so that's good. Uh, that's probably to defend. Uh, it's not what I'm looking for. Um, let's see. I guess let's just try. Is this the article? Is this the article right here? Ugh. Um. Ah. There was like a specific article that came out in the Huffington Post that I'm trying to find right now. Um, but like, as I was saying, if you actually analyze the situations of the protests and what's going on, the actual human on human violence that's been happening has been cops committing, uh, violence, violent acts against protesters. And that's through rubber bullets. That's through tear gas, batons. There was a video of a cop running, uh, over a protester's head with, with a bicycle. Um, there's cops, uh, intimidating protesters by uh, arresting them in unmarked vans and taking them away there's been uh no bail you know there's there's just countless of countless amounts of evidence of cops committing acts of violence against um against the protesters that's actual human on human violence whereas uh the protesters have they they have committed you know they have hit uh, there was that video of the cop getting hit in the head with a baseball bat. He had a helmet on, and uh, I don't approve of that. 
Um, it's just like we're kind of ignoring the violence that the protest uh, that the protesters are facing from the cops by saying that the protesters are the most violent. When you could look up video all across the country, it's not just in Portland, but all across the country of cops committing acts of violence against protesters. And because the state has a monopoly on violence, it's justified. I don't think it ever has been really justified because these are people who are trying to address their grievances in the streets and the state is saying, go home. So Ben Shapiro is obviously ignoring that and saying that the protesters are causing the widespread violence. Um, when most of that violence has been acted upon uh, uh, a property or inanimate objects. And then we have to kind of bring the question up is like, when are protesters allowed to defend themselves against uh, uh, state violence? And the answer is never because the state has the monopoly. So, you know, what do we do with that? There's nothing, there's not much that we can do. Um, and also here, I think this is the article. Dang it. Um, let's see here. Um, this article comes from Huffington Post. Do, 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 do. While most of the protests have been nonviolent, police or other authorities intervened in about 725 Black Lives Matter protests in the U.S. between May 24th and August 22nd, sometimes using force, including tear gas, rubber bullets, or beating demonstrators with batons. There were also over 100 instances of government violence directed against the media during this period. So they've also been attacking journalists. Um, on top of that, the Crisis Monitor, a joint effort of the Armed Conflict Location and Event Data Project, a non-governmental organization, and the Bridging Divides Initiative at Princeton University identified over 100 instances of non-state actors, including at least 20 distinct far-right militia groups intervening in Black Lives Matter demonstrations, sometimes violently, since May 24th. Yep. And that's the that's the horrible part, is I'm really trying to find the, the, the very specific article that I had seen. Because there was a full-fledged study that I had seen not that long ago. Um, why is this not pulling it? Like, it was a very prominent article at the time. Awaiting music. All right, opinion. Oh, come on, man. There, there was a very specific article with very specific data that was talking about how much 
white supremacists and also far right wing militia violence was just flying under the radar. It, it, this is very, very annoying to me that I now can't find this article. It's almost like it's just been pushed uh, completely out of the algorithms. It is a very specific article that I cannot, that I can't find now. Uh, this one comes from June twelfth. The violent extremist threat that's growing during nationwide protests. Um, again, we have, uh, talking about militias, uh, wow, this is very frustrating. I had a very specific article from way back that, um, actually went into, broke down data of the, uh, right-wing militia group violence that was going on. Um, but now I, I gotta be right back because I gotta use the restroom. Oh my god, this has been the worst broadcast ever. Oh, man, this really has been the most disorganized, like, broadcast episode that I've ever had. Um, but months ago, like, why is it not pulling up? Months ago, there was a full-on, like, uh, just article about uh, all the all uh, the, the rise of uh, and underreported uh, violence being committed by right-wing groups in, in America. And now it's just like, I can't find this article, and it's so ridiculous to me. I, I, I'm just, I'm literally just thrown by the fact that, like, in post violence. Yeah, I'm, I'm, Rosie, knock it off. I'm just seriously, like, I'm just over the top right now that this article just does not pop up. Um, February 27, 2020, uh, right-wing extremists killed 330 people in last decade. That's, uh, that's about America. Rosie? Rosie? Hey, no more. Oh, God. Dude, I'm, I'm seriously, I am actually really frustrated that this article just seems to have, like, just evaporated. Like, seriously, dude. It, like, I had it for the longest time. Rosie, please. Like, seriously, why is this not picking up? It was a full-on article. I am I am just seriously frustrated. Seriously just f super frustrated by the fact that this isn't <sighs> 
this article used to be like right there and now I can't find it and <laughs> just wow dude um yeah there wow man I'm there used to be a full-on article that was covering the amount of uh just right-wing militia violence that was coming over during these protests because uh cops are just kind of all over the place right now here it is oh my goodness oh my god it took me forever oh my goodness here it is wow i can't believe how hard that was for me to find wow come on let's get let's get on the all right so right here it says white vigilantes and far-right actors have shown up to oppose black lives matter protests in the u.s at least 497 times this year a uh uh let's see here the data set uh documents a staggering amount of violence directed at protesters by the far right including 64 cases of simple assault 38 inc incidents of vigilantes driving cars into demonstrators and nine times shots were fired at protesters uh, six protesters were hit by vigilante bullets in this summer's violence. Three died from their wounds. Uh, the data set also includes 387 incidents of intimidation, such as people using racial slurs, making threats, and brandishing firearms. So if you can see this here, the article itself is called White Vigilantes Have Always Had a Friend in Police. New data shows that far-right vigilantes, often with support from cops, have threatened protesters nearly 500 times since police killed George Floyd. Um, that's why we need Trump to actually uh, condemn white supremacy and uh, vigilantes and militia groups and the far-right. And this just never seems to hit Ben Shapiro's desk, this article, or this information, which was really hard for me to fucking find, apparently. So that's great. <laughs> like, it, wow. All right, moving on. Moving on. I'm so sorry if I wasted your time, but, like, that was very important here because it seems like Antifa violence is so important to cover. Biden has been able to get away with that because the media are so militarized against Trump that they seriously do not care if Joe Biden decides to make excuses for Antifa. So apparently, like, if the uh, left wing, as Ben Shapiro would call it, the left wing media has militarized against Trump, so has the right wing to defend Trump. The same thing. They they put on night vision goggles to, to not see what everybody can see in the daylight. And Chris Cuomo was a big def Antifa defender in the early days. He still occasionally will, will kind of let that mask slip a little bit. What? So he's right about But the key quote there is, of course, I defend this. I, I, uh, of course, I denounce white supremacy. I, I denounce all forms of this. I've always denounced all forms of this. OK, so let's just replay for, for the sake of people's ears and eyes. Who are you going to believe? Seth Rogen and Joy Behar and the members of The New York Times editorial board or your own ears. So I'm going to replay the exchange that happened from the debate the other night. <sighs> And see if you can find in here Donald ever. Trump not denouncing white supremacy. Seriously. The, there's, there's only one way that you can get there, and I'll explain it in a second. But you have to have the preconceived notion going in that Trump is a white supremacist in order to come away with that conclusion. Okay, let's play the clip. Are you willing tonight 
to condemn white supremacists and militia groups and to say that they need to stand down and not add to the violence in a number of these cities, as we saw in Kenosha and as we've seen in Portland. Sure, Are you I'm prepared to, to specifically? Okay, stop it right there for a second. He has now said in the first 10 seconds of this clip, sure, twice, sure. And then he says again, sure, I'm willing to do that. And then Trump turns, right? He turns and he swivels and he says, wait, I'm surprised that like they take sure as an answer, like as an affirmative. Like, do you uh, do you denounce white supremacy? Sure. How does that sound to you? That sounds like an affirmative answer. That sounds like an affirmative condemnation to Ben Shapiro. Sure, I, I, I condemn white supremacy. Sure, I want an apple pie. Sure. Yeah, okay. I don't understand why we're talking about right-wing violence in cities that are being dominated by left-wing violence. I don't understand this. Why aren't we talking about BLM? Why aren't we talking about Antifa? That is a perfectly legitimate point. Because how much violence can you actually attribute to these uh, quote-unquote groups like Antifa? Go ahead. Let's, let's get the numbers on Antifa violence. And if it's all against buildings, then we really need to have a conversation of what Americans understand as violence. If it's against dumpsters, if it's against uh, glass or federal buildings, you know, because uh, as far as I know, there's been a very low amount of violence attributed to Antifa, which is not a group, but it needs to be a group in order for them to have an enemy. And then let's, there's been even less amount of violence attributed to BLM. Um, but as far as the police goes, we have countless data on the amount of violence that they have done to protesters. Whether it's through rubber bullets, tear gas, batons. And then, as I just showed you guys after digging, there's been a lot of violence by right-wing militia or right-wing groups against protesters. Like actual human-on-human -human violence. Not property, not inanimate objects, but actual human-on-human -human violence. And when you... It, it's just something that is just completely out of Ben Shapiro's radar. Okay, and then Wallace, because he was terrible the other night, decides that he's going to double down on this. Yes, sir, but will you condemn... He already did twice. He said, sure, two times. If he wanted to say no... He would just shake his head or he would say, no, you think Donald Trump is is unwilling to say things that piss people off? He does it all the time. OK, but the fact is that he does condemn white supremacy. He does condemn these people who are committing violence in the cities if they are from the right. No, he, he says, sure, when people ask him to condemn white supremacy violence or white supremacy, he says, sure, which is I don't think that's a very affirmative action there. That's kind of like, yeah, sure. Why not? Okay, this is, like, I'm sorry, but... The, okay, so there's only... There's literally a three-word thing that Trump says in the rest of this exchange that everybody on the left is hanging their hat on to claim that he is, in fact, a white supremacist. Okay, and the, the only way that you can read this is if you think that Trump is exact with his language, which we all know he is not. It is amazing how the left, which fully understands that Donald Trump is wildly inexact with his language, that Donald Trump what? routinely says dumb crap. What? If he's inexact with his language, why is sure still an applicable answer to you. How suddenly they get super serious and meticulous about his literal language all the time. Now, listen, I understand the left saying to people on the right, you know, you guys, you say that you should take him seriously, not literally, and that, get, that lets him out of the, that lets him basically say whatever he wants to say, and we're supposed to read into his words. But I don't even take him seriously. I've said this all along. I've been very consistent about this. I don't think that virtually anything Trump says ought to be taken seriously.
Ben Shapiro is admitting that he doesn't take his president seriously. Oh my god. This, it, okay. I feel like this is that same thing that I was talking about earlier when he says that Trump's too dumb to uh, plan anything out, to, to commit an impeachable offense. Trump's too dumb for that. Um, this sounds like the same thing, is that Trump is not a serious person. Why would you vote for him then? Why would you defend him then when he makes these mistakes? If he's not a serious person, I didn't know that we elected a fucking comedian to make a fucking satire out of the entire country. That's, that is an insane, insane uh, justification for Trump not condemning white supremacy. Or actually for him saying, stand back and stand by, as if he is actually the commander-in-chief of the Proud Boys. That's something you say to troops. But we shouldn't take him seriously. We shouldn't take anything that the President of the United States, Commander-in-Chief of the world's largest military, we shouldn't take anything he says seriously. It's like, especially when he says that maybe he'll be president for 12 more years. Obviously, we shouldn't take that seriously. We shouldn't take anything this guy says seriously, ever. What? Because I don't think that he's the world's most serious person. Why is he in the world's most serious job, then? I don't think it's possible to look at Trump and think he's the world's most serious person. I think very often there's a core of truth to things that he says, but I do not think that he is exact in his language. I don't... Is Ben Shapiro exact in his language? Because there's a core, there's a nugget of truth in Trump. But it, nothing he says is serious. Nothing he says is exact. think that he thinks out what he's doing beforehand. It doesn't... Okay, so here is the rest of the exchange. Again, he just says, I don't think my president thinks before he speaks. Why would you support that then? Do you not want an actual good president? Somebody who is competent in their being that can run a country? Or does that just not matter to Ben Shapiro so long as it, the president is a puppet to the GOP agenda? Oh my God. But do it. Well, I, go would ahead, say, I would say almost everything I see is from the left wing, not from the right so wing. So what, what, you you what are you saying? I'm, I'm willing to do anything. I want to see well, peace. Then do it, sir. Say I'm, it. Do it. Say it. Do you want to call him? What do you want to call him? Give me a name. Give me a white name. Supremacists and white supremacists and Joe Biden says Proud Boys. I actually have a problem with that. That Biden wanted... Trump Trump goaded them out into to, to, to naming a specific group. When he could have just gave a very serious answer that says anybody that is of a militia group or of a hate group, I do not support you and I wish you do not support me because I am a president for everybody. But instead, he gets them to name a specific group who he then gives very specific orders. So Joe, the fact that you wanted him to, the fact that Joe Biden lobbed out Proud Boys was a mistake on his part. He should have let Trump just continue to drown. Right, Proud, Proud Boys, Boys, stand back and stand by. But I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what, somebody's got to do something about Antifa and the left because. And then there's a much more important part right there is that he says, stand back and stand by, which sounds like he's giving orders to his troops, and then follows it up by saying, somebody's got to do about something about Antifa. So, again, I'm coming to the conclusion that he needs his hateful base 
in order to combat the leftists that are coming out entirely against his presidency and have done so since Inauguration Day. He wants militia groups to commit acts of violence against these people. This is not a right-wing problem. This is FBI a left-wing directive. Okay, this so, is a le- okay, so stop it there. So he, are- he says, stand back and stand by, and then he com- just says, it's a left-wing problem. All of our violence, it's all left-wing. It's all Democrats. It's all Antifa. It's all BLM. So why do I have to condemn white supremacy? Why do I have to condemn white right-wing groups when all of this is coming from leftists? That doesn't sound like a condemnation at all. And if you were to hear one out of that, that's because what you do is spin the narrative away from Trump fucking up and being a bad person or a bad president and just moving that away from him so that he isn't that. I already said, right at the top, sure, twice I'm willing to condemn white supremacy. And then the thing stops dead, right? For the first time in the entire debate, it stops dead because he literally is confused. You can see he's confused. They're saying to him, both Biden and, and Wallace, then do it, sir, do it. And he's like, I don't know what you want me to do. I literally just said that I condemn the white supremacists and I condemn the violence in the cities. Who are we talking about? Like, I don't know who we're talking about. And the reason he says, I don't know who we're talking about is because the left lumps every single human being together. The left pretends that everybody they disagree with is a white supremacist. Uh, not true. It's, but what I find fascinating is that like, he just like said, everybody on the left does this. Everybody on the left just puts everybody in a hegemony. The left are a bunch of demagogues. The, the left the left does this, the left does that, as if there's no individuals inside of leftism or there's any, like, there's no sectarianism in the left. It's all just this algamation of, of socialist Marxist, cultural Marxism beliefs in, in, like, no, no, no. He just, he just said that the left is guilty of what he's doing right now. Okay, this is unfortunately a common left-wing trope, is that everyone they disagree with is a white supremacist. Let me give you a perfect example. So yesterday, Joe Biden releases an ad. Okay, this ad is about Donald Trump not apparently fighting back against the white supremacists hard enough. You'll see even in the Chris Wallace question there, he says white supremacists and right-wing militia groups. Okay, so number one, you can condemn anybody who's getting involved in violence that is illegal. That's fine. But if you are going to say that all of these quote-unquote right-wing militia groups are the same ideologically as white supremacists, that is inaccurate. Right, but the, the, the left likes to do that. Ideologically, they're not the same. The left has now grouped together, for example, Patriot Prayer, which is a not racist group, with actual white supremacists who are, in fact, racist. Joe Biden. What evidence do you have that uh, Patriot Prayer isn't white supremacists? Because I also remember that the question was, will you condemn white supremacists and far-right militia groups. Fox News. I like how after uh, a member of Patriot Prayer was shot, that's when everybody's like, so who is Patriot Prayer? Um, But, uh, yeah, I don't think Patriot Prayer is a white supremacist group. They're definitely just anti-leftism. They're uh, uh, anti-Democrat and anti uh, anything left of Democrat. Um, do they have their own website? Cause like I like how. Um, Jesus, dude, it's like every story is the same. 
Like, every single story is just the same. I type in Patriot Prayer, and they're all against... It's just all the same story over and over and over again. The algorithm is just total dog shit. Uh... They're, they're a militia group. I, I don't think that they're strictly white supremacists, but they are uh, very anti-left. Biden did an ad yesterday where he grouped together, he, in, order to, in order to group together everybody who they disagree with, they grouped together Kyle Rittenhouse and, and white supremacists who were marching that Unite the Right Garbage People rally. Okay, Kyle Rittenhouse, for all the idiocy of going to a riot site with a gun, I don't know about the specific ad that he's talking about, but I just, I, I don't know. He shouldn't have done it. I've said that a thousand times. He's not a white supremacist. There's no evidence he's a white supremacist. Joe Biden groups him together with the white supremacists in this ad. So here is that ad from, from Joe Biden yesterday. Are you willing tonight to condemn oh, white yes. supremacists and militia groups sure. and to say that they need to stand down and not add to the violence in a number of these cities? See, and it's not like equating them to the same exact beliefs but they are all underneath the trump support banner so like if he is going to uh condemn specific it's just he the idea is for him to condemn the more violent uh base of his supporters and they asked him to do it and he skirted away from it by saying that other people are more violent than his supporters as we saw in Kenosha and as we've seen in Portland. Sure, Are you I'm prepared to, to do specifically that, but do it? Well, I, would ahead, say, I would say almost everything I see is from the left wing, not from the right so wing. So what, what, you, you what are you saying? I'm, I'm willing to do anything. I want to see well, peace. Then do it, sir. Say I'm, it. Do it. Say it. You want to call him? What do you want to call him? Give me a name. Give me a white name. White supremacists and right proud boys. Stand back and stand by. Okay, and then, okay, so here's, here's where they are. Here's what they are, they're relying on. They're relying on those three words, and stand by. And so, what was Trump saying when he said, and stand by? Do you really think that he was saying, stand back, and then I want you to stand by as like a paramilitary organization? Or do you think that what he meant was stand back and stand down? <laughs> okay, which one do you think that he meant? Oh, bro, like, <laughs> which one do you think he meant? I think he meant what he said. Like, we're supposed to go off of that. Like, all people have is the word in their balls, right? So, I mean, like, I think he meant what he said. That's pretty... That's... I can tell you what Gavin McGinnis, the founder <laughs> of the Proud Boy, said. He literally was he was doing an online follow of this... Gavin McGinnis. <laughs> the guy who, like, left the Proud Boys as soon as, like, the FBI really started investigating him. Yeah. Okay. Particular debate. And in the middle, he said, wait a second. He just told us to stand back and stand down. I'm the head of the Proud Boys. Donald Trump isn't the head of the Proud Boys. So Gavin McGinnis, the head of the Proud Boys, understood that what Trump was saying was stand down. But Donald Trump isn't the head of the Proud Boys. <laughs> okay, beyond that. <sighs> Gavin McInnes isn't even the head of the Proud Boys anymore. So uh, Ben Shapiro's a little bit uh, behind on what the Proud Boys are up to. Notice the attempt by the left to, again, lump everybody in under one rubric. Now... I'm not a Proud Boys guy. I don't like the Proud Boys. I've told them before, I don't want them involved with anything that I do, right? They've offered in the past, some of the Proud Boys, to go to, like, speeches that I give and provide security. I'm like, what the hell? You guys are a paramilitary group. I don't want anything to do with the Proud Boys. But to lump them in as white supremacists, right, that is the next... 
That wasn't a lump in. He wanted them to, he wanted them, Chris Wallace was attempting to get Trump to say to both white supremacists and militia groups, because they are supporters in his base, to, to, to tell them, stop supporting me. I don't support you. There's no, uh, paraso- there's no parasocial uh, relationship here. But instead, he made it seem like that he was giving them orders. Like they're troops. So nobody's talking about lumping anybody in here. It's just acknowledging that he has a certain base that he uh, should better manage, I guess. But now he's managing them on a different level that actually freaks people the fuck out. So uh, even Republicans were like, dude, that was such an easy layup. How could he not do it? Step. So in... And it's because Trump believes somebody needs to do something about Antifa. He said that right after. Come on. Come on. In order to get to Trump didn't condemn white supremacy, you have to make a logical leap here. The logical leap is that the Proud Boys, number one, are white supremacists, and number two, Trump was attempting to embolden them rather than telling them to stand. So even just earlier, Ben Shapiro admitted that they are a paramilitia group, paramilitary group, and that's why he didn't want bodyguards from them. They asked him, will you condemn white supremacists and militia groups? And down. Okay, th- those are two logical leaps, neither of which is in evidence. Number one, he told them to stand back. When he said stand by, do you think he meant stand back and I want you to stand by in paramilitary fashion? I suppose you could interpret it that way if that. If you're going to assume that the president says what he means, then that's the, the that's the conclusion that you're going to have. But if you're like Ben Shapiro, who thinks that the president isn't a serious person, that the president doesn't say what he means, that his words are never exact, then you can take it as stand down and you can sleep at night. That's how you want to. But I don't think that's what he was saying. And I think it's fairly obvious that he meant stand back and stand down. Okay, beyond that. In order to get to this point, you have to lump together white supremacy. Okay, so he says twice in that exchange, will you condemn white supremacy? Sure. Okay, and then he says, who are you talking about specifically? And Joe Biden jumps in and gives the name Proud Boys. Hey, now, in order to get to Trump is soft on white supremacy, you then have to say that the Proud Boys are a white supremacist group. In fact, as CNN reported yesterday, they are not a white supremacist group. They may be a paramilitary organization. They may be an organization whose members engage in illegal activity. They may be an organization some of whose members have engaged in white supremacy, but as an organization, they actually condemn white supremacy as CNN's own reporters acknowledged yesterday. Okay. We should be really clear that the Proud Boys do not consider themselves a white supremacist group. They have uh, members from uh, many different ethnicities. Uh, that doesn't mean that they have not wreaked havoc. They're more like a political fight club, if you will, um, than a white supremacist group and have distanced themselves. So in order to get to Trump is soft on white supremacism, you have to say, number one, the Proud Boys are a white supremacist group. And two, Trump was taking leadership of them and telling them to arm up, which he was not doing, which he was not doing. In fact, what are the chances that Trump actually knows who the Proud Boys are? Like, really? Hmm. I guess that's uh, that's pretty fair that he got the lady off of the view. And a lot of people who are reacting to Trump uh, being soft on white supremacy and calling him a white supremacist again. I don't think he is a white supremacist. I just think he kind of placates to him. But they also wanted him to denounce militia groups. That was part of it. So for Ben Shapiro's argument, he has to assume that everybody is putting Proud Boys underneath that umbrella, which 
not everybody is doing. So um, he's kind of putting everybody under the umbrella that we're all under the impression that Proud Boys are a white supremacist group when we're all well aware that they're at least a militia group who uh, mobilizes and uh, commits acts of assault. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, yeah, what a what a trip, what a trip. Knows who they are. Trump does this crap all the time because he has never not sounded off on an issue. Right? He says, who are you talking about? It's Joe Biden who inserts the Proud Boys into that conversation. Trump yesterday was asked about the Proud Boys. And Trump was like, I don't even know who they are. You, you mentioned a name. You threw it out there. I was like, OK, so stand back and stand down or stand by or whatever it is. Here was Trump yesterday. I really don't think that's like very positive for Trump not to know who the Proud Boys are. I feel like that means he's very disconnected from the actual like this, the actual context of our politics right now like he's not very connected to what's going on politically like if you're not aware of militia groups especially ones that support you i feel like you're very disconnected from what's going on in america politically yesterday i don't know who the proud boys are i mean you'll have to give me a definition because i really don't know who they are i can only say they have to stand down let law enforcement do their work law enforcement will do the work more and more as people see how bad this radical liberal Democrat movement is and how weak, the law enforcement's going to come back stronger and stronger. But again, I don't know who Proud Boys are, but whoever they are, they have to stand down, let law enforcement do their work. Okay, this is a completely manufactured media narrative. This one, it really is. There are times when Trump has said things and it is not a manufactured media narrative. This one is manufactured out of whole cloth. You can watch the clip yourself. You can analyze it yourself. Unless you go in with the predicate that Donald Trump is a white supremacist, you cannot read that as a white supremacist statement, nor any of the statements to follow. You know what white supremacists generally don't do? The following day, again, say for the thousandth time, they condemn white supremacy and also that the Proud Boys should stand down. That's the thing they don't do. I mean, it, it, it's amazing. The media conflate every... <laughs> That's the thing they don't do. Um, immediately after, they rebranded their logo that says uh, Stand Back and Stand By. Um, they've been selling shirts with this new logo, and their messaging groups have just gone completely insane with the idea that Trump spoke directly to them. Uh, so the effect has already happened, even if Trump then takes the next day to kind of correct the record um, half-heartedly, obviously. So. single person they don't agree with with white supremacy and then say that if you condemn those people or if you tell them to stand down, you're a defender of white supremacy. If, again, go back and listen. When I think that Trump has said things that are soft on white supremacy, I blasted the living crap out of him. Probably more than anybody on the right. Actually, I won't say probably. Certainly more than anybody on the right. That is not what happened at the debate last night. And the attempt to manufacture this narrative in advance of the election is really a media creation and quite a disgusting media creation at that. And, and you can see, by the way, the media spinning this narrative up in real time on everything. Now, you, you wonder why there's such a level of distrust in the country on these sorts of issues, on racial issues. Maybe it has something to do with the media that will somehow come up with the idea that this was a soft on white supremacy moment for Trump in the debate. And at the same exact time, they will throw out there that Kyle Rittenhouse is a white supremacist. I mean, they remembers the media. I mean, we're kind of, yeah. If we're focusing on the white supremacy just off of the Proud Boys, um, uh, the Proud Boy uh, standby, that whole, uh, that whole phrase that he put out there, if we focus in on just white supremacy on there, we're missing the broader picture is that he kind of supports um, 
just militia groups. As long as they support him, he supports them. That's that's what we need to focus on. And I think that it's very important because in Umberto Eco, he has uh, 14 comment, common features of fascism. Um, let's see here. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Nope, 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 nope. Ah, damn. I thought there was a specific point that I was missing here. Uh... Hmm. There was something that I had heard hmm, through the grapevine, I guess that uh the the joining of um of uh militia groups with the the fascist is like a very essential point here but i guess i am just missing it i guess my brain is just melting slowly inside of my skull turning into ice cream um but yeah we're missing the trees for the forest here by thinking that him saying stand by uh to proud boys is a dog whistle to white supremacists where i think it's just more of a uh you know it's a it's a it's a call of uh legitimacy to um just far-right militia groups who commit acts of violence so by focusing in just on white supremacy we are missing a broader conversation of our president acknowledging that he has a violent base and that he's willing to tell them to stand by which I'm afraid of one day he comes out and he says, it's time for you guys to act. Um, but for right now, he's just playing stupid that he doesn't know who the Proud Boys are, which um, is a bad angle for me. Like, I get it that most moderate Republicans aren't going to know who the Proud Boys are or most uh, people who just really aren't in the know of politics aren't going to know who the Proud Boys are. I just that. um He gave them an air of legitimacy by saying stand back and stand by. He get, that's basically gave them a shout out, which obviously they loved. But the dangerous thing is then, too, is that people are going to look it up and then possibly want to join the Proud Boys or that the people just don't know and don't care. So it's not that big of an issue for them. Um, I think it is an issue because he's legitimizing right-wing vigilantism. And that even extends further because he has uh, legal help going to, uh, uh, the, uh, to Kyle Rittenhouse. So Kyle Rittenhouse is now getting uh, pointers from uh, legal help from the Trump administration. So that's, that's great. Uh, what's up, wizard? What's up, wizard? Um, if you can look at the chat, it's it's been pretty uh, grotesque. How are you doing? <laughs> Let's see here. Uh, I think before the election, what we're going to see, um, what we're going to see is Trump kind of dog whistling more and more uh, to vigilantism. Um, and that's what kind of worries me too, because as if the election draws on for months and he's been encouraging 
right-wing groups that just really worries the shit out of me because right here in uh nbc news reported yesterday internal document shows trump officials were told to make comments sympathetic to kyle rittenhouse so yeah that's that's happening um uh trump is basically going to support vigilantism as long as it supports him uh uh, wizard Breadbook for the uh podcast uh said i don't know if trump will have the lung power to dog whistle from a hospital bed that's that's funny as biscuits to me um so that's that's uh that's essentially what i'm just trying to reach here at the end of this podcast is that um it's not the white supremacy that we really need to be focusing on so much. Like, of course we need to acknowledge that Trump placates a bit to white supremacy, but we also just need to acknowledge that he is willing to encourage right wing militia groups, um, who will commit, commit acts of violence against, against, uh, uh, I, I guess against leftists in general. So, because after he, told them to stand back and stand by he immediately followed it up with somebody has to do something about antifa so uh don't get lost in the forest for just the trees of white supremacy because trump is willing to encourage anybody that is willing to commit acts of violence in his name um but i am going to end the podcast segment here and uh continue streaming but uh it's gonna be jarring because my recording has been total dog shit for a minute now i know it's all over the place but i'm gonna stop the recording of the podcast i will join you back again here shortly um with what i said i was gonna go over the whole debate but now um just live on twitch i want to go over the uh brianna taylor audio tape so if you uh enjoyed the podcast do what you have to do um otherwise i'm sorry for the mess it's been a horrible mess but now i'm just going to continue live on stream uh on twitch so thank you for joining me on talks news i love you very much podcast is over have a pleasant day